0: Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. In last week's episode number 157, I talked about designers supporting fellow designers in the world of construction management and how critical it is for designers to understand that they are not alone and that there is a support network out there rooting them on. Today, I want to take it to the next step and discuss other support systems that are available to you that not only make you feel like a part of a community, but will help establish you as an expert running successful projects. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I mentioned, last week's episode. Is an important message for all designers to hear. So if you did miss it, I'd like to encourage you to go listen to it because it is challenging being the only girl on the job site. And there are days where you feel like you're on an island and nobody has your back. And I'm here to say there are a lot of us out there who have your back who feel the same way, by the way, and are seeking the same supportive community that we are building with this podcast. But the good news is, designers are not the only people who are going to be supporting you and cheering you on while you're working on these construction projects. So building a supportive network of tradespeople and salespeople is a very important part of your success. And I don't say that lightly. I joke that it takes a lot of different people, dozens of people in many cases, to make my work come to life and, frankly, to make me look good. And that is a reality that we should all accept. While we create these beautiful designs, we don't fabricate them. We don't supply the materials. It takes a lot of people to pull it all off, and you want them to be a part of your supportive network. And that just takes effort to build the relationships, which, by the way, designers are really good at building relationships. So particularly for women, it's important to have some of those guys on your team, part of your network, supporting you and wanting you to succeed. And now you may be scoffing, thinking, there are no guys on my job sites, Renee, that want me to succeed. And I'm here to tell you, there are. I promise you, they're out there. I am surrounded by them. I lean on them. And frankly, I adore all of them. Because I know they have my back. And guess what? I have theirs. And that's an important component. This is not a one-way relationship. It's a two-way street if it's going to be truly supportive and effective. So here's a great example. Years ago, I did a new build with a construction company shortly after I'd moved back to Delaware. And I didn't know a lot of the guys. And I joined this team. The homeowner brought me on. And the construction company made it pretty clear in not-so-subtle ways that they weren't thrilled that she had hired a designer. And I got it. I understood that. I was young. I looked younger than I actually was, which most people would find a benefit. And frankly, I didn't like that part. And as the project moved forward, things were going well. I really hit it off with the super that was on the project. He was about my age, really nice guy. We became friendly enough. By the way, I'm always very careful not to cross the line into an actual friend, meaning getting together outside of work because I find that blurs the line when you are working. Now that's my red line. And I know that there are other designers out there who have successfully done it, but in this case, he and I just became friendly. And he actually admitted what I had known all along, which was he was not excited when the client brought me on and he was sure I was going to quote, blow the budget and ruin the schedule. And I turned to him and I said, and how did I do? And he goes, well, We came in under budget and we're right on schedule. And I said, see, there is a chance for us after all, right? Laughing, right? We became professional friends. And honestly, that was about 16 years ago, maybe. And we're still friends today. Unfortunately, I don't get to work with him very often for a different reason. But I'd say about 10 years ago. He called me up out of nowhere, and you could hear the panic in his voice, and he left me a message. He said, listen, I need to talk to you as soon as possible. I have a problem on a project. Now, mind you, this was not a project I was on. I would have loved to have worked with him. He's a great guy. He runs a really tight construction project. So I immediately reached out, and I said, hey, Dan, it's Renee. What's going on? He said, oh, thank God. He goes, Renee, my guy's ruined our client's dining room table. And I said, okay, define ruin. And he goes, all right, well, maybe it's not ruin. There's some pretty bad scratches. I can get those fixed, but the homeowner is making me replace the table pad that she had on it. And I said, okay, well, if you had a table pad on it, how did you scratch the table surface? And he goes, yeah, it was that bad. And I'm like, all right, never mind. I don't wanna know the details. I go, how can I help? And he said, well, I've got a furniture guy. He's going to fix a table. He goes, but where in the hell am I going to find a table pad? I chuckled a little bit because, frankly, I wasn't that sure where you would find one. And I said, okay, I'll find you one. I said, what's the size? And he gave me the size. And I said, okay, I'll be in touch as soon as I can. So I got off the phone. I immediately went to research this, called a couple of my furniture people, asked their suggestions. I had him an answer by the end of the day. He ordered it and voila, he was back in good graces with his client. And I had helped a friend out. And he said, Renee, if you need anything, you know I owe you one. Now, look, I knew he owed me one. I would never have called it that. But I also know I could have called him whether he had needed that table pad or not, because that was the relationship we had established. And so that kind of support is critical for our success. It is critical to feel like someone else is out there looking out for you and will catch you if needed. And that is just one example of a tradesman that supports me along the way. But I get it in all sorts of ways. If I'm talking to an electrician and I'm showing him something that I'd like to specify on another project Or I'll ask him about something I want to specify on a future project. And we're just sort of shooting the breeze while he's doing some work. He is educating me on issues I should look out for or things I should avoid. And he knows that he can bounce ideas off of me. Or he knows that if he's running into a problem, I'll run interference as needed. It is just that common team member spirit that I'm always talking about on this podcast. Because, you see, I am a member of a team. And when I become a true member, right, a card-carrying member of the team, they have my back because they know I have their back. And so this is a really important part that I bet you have more of that you're not focusing on. So, for instance, if you go on a job site after listening to this podcast and someone looks up and says, oh, hey, hey, Renee, what's going on? What are you doing here? Okay, first of all, that is someone who's, okay with you being there. Hey, I'll take okay. I've definitely walked on job sites where it's been insanely obvious I wasn't welcome. So if someone's just okay with me being there, that's a win, right? Find out what they're doing. And these wins build over time because those relationships are what's going to A, cover your butt on a project if something goes south, and B, make you feel important, make you feel seen and heard, and that you have value on that project. And that, I think, is the support that any of us and all of us need when we are working. Now, we already talked about how important it is for designers to support other designers, and community over competition should be our mantra. And so if a designer needs your help, needs a resource, needs to borrow a sample, I absolutely expect you to say, no problem, how can I help? Now, you may say, well, that's awfully presumptuous of you, Renee. I I don't want XYZ design firm down the street to borrow any of my samples and possibly take clients from me. Now, remember, we've already talked about the fact you don't have competition. You, your personality, your unique set of style and experiences sets you apart from anyone else in our field. It really is as simple as that. Now, you may have clients who try to pit you against another designer, and that has happened to me in the past. In fact, years ago, I had a brick and mortar design shop, and it was great. The front was set up as a retail space, looked like people's living rooms and things, and, but everything was for sale. And in the back, I had my design studio and maybe a half a mile away on the other side of the street was another design shop with a designer older than myself who was notorious for not being supportive of other designers. Frankly, I'd never had a problem with the woman. I knew her. I didn't know her well. We didn't hang in the same circles because she wasn't of the same age as me. But I did have someone come into my shop, and I can't remember how I figured it out, but she said something. And it was quite obvious that she was shopping designs that she had gotten from the other woman through me. The minute I picked up on it, I thought, nope, red flag. I don't do that. I have my own clients, she has hers, and she should know that this is what her client is doing. And so after the woman left, I called the designer. And I spoke to her, and I could hear her jaw drop to the ground. She was almost stuttering in her response to me saying, Hey, I'm just giving you a heads up. Mrs. Jones was just in my shop, and she had samples. I'm pretty sure she got them from you. I didn't give her any pricing. I wouldn't do that because I respect your business, but I wanted to give you a heads up. She might go somewhere else. I mean, seriously, you could hear her a pin drop on the other end of the line and it told me one she'd probably never make that call on my behalf and two message received right i wasn't in any way shape or form going to attempt let alone go through with stealing a client because that is insane in this world there is so much business for each and every one of us We don't need to steal any other designer's clients. I hung up that phone. Actually, she thanked me. I hung up that phone, felt amazing, and moved on with my day. I never saw that woman again. And you know what? I never spoke to that designer again either, which wasn't really memorable because we really hadn't spoken before. I said my piece. I did the ethical thing. I felt good about it, and I moved on. And that's the lesson I want each of you to hear today. We are so much stronger supporting each other, learning from each other. Remember in last week's episode, someone said, why are you being so transparent? Why are you being so open and giving? Well, because I had designers before me doing that with me. I learned from other women. So I am, yes, paying it forward. Now, I was an employee of those women, but the world works in a different way now. And a lot of us don't work in design firms the way I did in the 90s in New York. So this is my way of paying it forward. This is my way of sharing my knowledge, even though I don't have employees following me from job site to job site. But the support, the community, the network that we are creating That is still the same. And actually, it's wonderful I can reach so many more people than if I did have two or three junior designers on my staff. So the other group that I think gets often overlooked and really should become an important part of your network are the salespeople that you are interacting with day in and day out. So true salespeople now i am not talking about the big box stores when you go in and you hope you find someone who knows anything about the item you want to purchase i do not use them for anything really beyond generic things because i would rather spend and invest my time in a showroom that is dedicated to whatever it is i am investigating whether that is Plumbing, I want to go to a plumbing supply house. If it's lighting, same thing. I want to go to a lighting showroom. I don't want to go to a big box store that has a department that carries lighting because there is no guarantee that whomever is in that department at that moment I walk in knows what they're talking about. And I don't mean to speak poorly about those big box stores. And I'm sure those people do a really good job at doing the best they can given the department that they're put in. But the reality is the showrooms invest in their people and send them to training regularly. Those are your people. They are the ones that will give you the knowledge that you need, not only to make the right selections, but to sit in that role as expert. They are the ones who are going to tell you about the new products so you don't have to spend hours upon hours upon hours researching things. You can say, here are my parameters. This is the scope of work. What are your best options? Maybe they'll hand you three. Fantastic. Now you can go in and do the research you need on three in a targeted way and not waste all that time narrowing down the options in, frankly, fields that you aren't an expert in. And I've mentioned this before. I find it really unreasonable that designers are expected to know everything about everything on a project, whereas the electrician really knows the electrical work and maybe some light carpentry because he has to understand how carpentry integrates with his equipment. Same thing with plumbing. But yet we're supposed to walk on a project and be an expert in electrical and plumbing and carpentry and flooring and on and on and on. So you can try to fight that or you can build a support network of experts in each of those fields to give you the information to make incredibly informed and valuable decisions on a job site. So here's a great example. There was a mom and pop plumbing supply store in Delaware, near where I lived. And I enjoyed going there. It was run by a husband and wife. They were really experts in their field. I met them. They were probably in their late 50s. They had been there and done that, and they were heading towards retirement. So I knew at some point, sooner rather than later, I was going to have to find a new plumbing supply house and or salesperson. And so I started working on this big job, and one of the contractors said, oh, well, our account is at Ferguson's, and we work with this one woman. So I said, okay, maybe this is the one. So I call, make an appointment with her, and off I go to start sourcing all of the items I needed for this new project. Now, I walked in, and I swear this girl looked like she was 20. And I I admit, I fully admit, and she and I laugh about this, I immediately had a chip on my shoulder like, this girl is going to waste my time. I can't believe I came all this way because it was about a 45-minute drive, and I'm going to get nothing done. Wow, was I wrong. First of all, she really was that young. I don't think she was 21, but I bet she was about 25, frankly. She knew her stuff to the point where I was sort of gobsmacked at how well-versed she was in things that I actually did know about and then far beyond. So guess what? She and I have worked together ever since. We got to the point in our relationship where I even asked her, I said, was your father a plumber? And she looked at me, she's like, no, why would you ask that? And I said, you are so young to have such an incredible grasp, not just on the product, but the the true understanding of plumbing. And she started laughing. She's like, well, I'm going to tell my dad because You thought he was a plumber. And he said, I don't mean that as an insult to me. In my world, that's a compliment. But she said, I just really enjoy what I do. And Ferguson's invests in my education. And she is constantly going to learn in all of these seminars and educational events that the individual suppliers host. And I know this because I will email her and get a little response. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm out for three days. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then, I'm like, no, no, she's learning something new and she's going to be able to help me. And that's really the goal. So not only does she make me look good when I take clients up to Ferguson's, but she makes me look good behind the scenes. I will absolutely reach out to her and say, hey, I just came off this meeting on this site And this looked a little hanky, and I'll explain something. She'll say, oh, yeah, okay, that is something that the plumbers are trying to use now, blah, 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 and I think you're good. Okay, fantastic. Guess what? It's like she's an employee, but I don't pay for her. But she has my back because she knows I'm going to bring her clients that are interesting and fun and great to work with and will appreciate her knowledge and end up selecting beautiful things for their projects. So it is a mutual support network, but honestly, I feel like I get more out of it because she is so resourceful for me. And so when you want to start building this network for yourself, the best way to do it is start going to showrooms industry events. If you are lucky enough to have a vibrant design center, go to the events. Sign up for their emails and start going to their events. They may not look appealing. Trust me, some of them have just the goofiest themes attached to them to try and persuade us to go. But I can guarantee you, if you go, you will meet someone. You might meet a fellow designer, which of course. You know I'm going to encourage you to support. You might meet someone who's also doing networking. Maybe it's a plumbing supply salesperson. Maybe it's a flooring salesperson. Who knows? But if you stay in your own office and only go on job sites, you won't be able to expand your network. And I am telling you that is a mistake and definitely something that's easy to work on. You just have to put the effort in. So another thing I mentioned in last week's episode was I went to an ASID Christmas party last month. And I admit, I don't attend a lot of their events. They are geographically not near me. And so when I think about going and spending maybe half hour, 45 minutes, but it's an hour each way, I usually go, "Ah, I'm not going to go. But you know what? I made a new contact there because I am always looking for new contacts. Even after 30 years, even with a Rolodex full of people that I know, like, trust, and definitely plan to continue to use, there is always room for more. I struck up a conversation with this woman. Turns out she's an appliance salesperson from a showroom that's a little further away than I normally go. But guess what? It's always been on my radar. I need to go and check that place out. I really like this woman. I even told her that. I said, God, you know, I've been meaning to. She's like, you've never been out. You've got to come out, Renee. She followed up the very next day. She's a salesperson after all. And yeah, I'm going up there and I cannot wait to explore what they have. And she does carry products that my other appliance store doesn't carry. So now maybe I am building a second relationship that can fill out The totality of the pieces that I can offer because I will have someone that I trust to guide me through the process. But because if you haven't picked up on this already, I am not an expert in everything. It's simply impossible. And so when I do establish a relationship with a salesperson that I know, like, and trust, I do rely on their opinion because it's an expert opinion in their specific niche. And so I already like this woman. She is well-established. She definitely had the chops. She's been in the industry for a long time. And I have a really good feeling that she might be another resource I can tap into when I'm looking for specific appliances for an upcoming project. So you see, support can be found in so many different places. And it needs to come from different places because it will satisfy your different needs. We all need support. We need someone to say, you're doing a good job. This is beautiful. Wow. I am so impressed with whatever. That is where I'm hoping all the designers listening will step in, lean in, and be that support for each other. Like I said, I have my three friends from design school. And without their support and their cheerleading, you and I would not be speaking today because I would have definitely left the industry years ago. But because of them, because of the support they give me, telling me, you're not losing your mind, Renee. You're on the right track. It's not you. It's the crazy client, Renee. On and on, or or yeah, that guy's being a jerk. How long until this project's over? That's the kind of support that we all need. But we also need professional support. And that comes from the trades people you interact with all day long. It comes from getting to know individual trades so that you can lean on them when you have a question. Because again, we can't be experts in everything. And then lastly, the support network you can build with your sales people is crucial. It just is. It saves you an inordinate amount of time and energy when you are trying to source products for your projects. Their detailed knowledge in their specific field is something that you need and should rely on once you've established you are with the right person. So we are just starting the new year. It is the perfect time to start building this network Identifying the holes in your network and finding those professionals to fill them. I can guarantee you, your projects will be smoother if you have this Rolodex of people you can lean on and count on to support you in your projects. And the icing on the cake is that they also make you feel less alone. The tradespeople, they're on the projects with you. The salespeople, they're not but you can bend their ear about some of the issues. And since they're in the business, they also can validate what you're going through without the gory details, by the way, because they're hearing other designers tell their stories. So there's just so many benefits in building this professional network that I want you to prioritize it for this coming year. So, As always, I really can't thank you enough for your time. I encourage you to go listen to last week's episode 157 so that you understand how you can play a role in supporting other designers and get the support back for yourself. And so if this leaves you with more questions and answers, I am here to help. You can always reach out to me through DM on social media or email. I can't thank you enough for your time today. I know how valuable it is to you, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening, and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, Bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat, or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, divinedesign.com for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.